I actually have a quote for Becca to read. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Oh, she's the new Theo. Okay. I know. I she is the new Theo. Maybe she won't give us a hard time. <laughs> Try to channel his energy. I think Becca's going to enjoy this quote and be able to say it with a lot of feeling. Is it about how terrible Pinocchio is? God, there were so many good ones to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Seems fair. Puppets never grow up. They're born as puppets. They live as puppets and they die as puppets. <laughs> now... Do you like that? Because I feel like you should like that. Yeah. Like you don't like puppets, so you would probably like them to just stay puppets and then die. But isn't it bad to think of puppets living and dying and mm. being born? Yeah. Puppets being born, definitely. I don't want to think about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, because it's like if I had a puppet, which I never would, but if I had a puppet and then it gave birth to another puppet, then I would have two puppets. You'd and that's like, my worst nightmare. I have two puppets. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. an extra puppet, like multiplying of the puppets. No. Like one puppet was bad yeah. enough. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I don't know how it would work because, as the great Jim Henson said, they're puppets. They don't exist below the waist. So, like, thank God. How do they give birth? Out of their big, gapy mouths? Well, Kermit does. Wait, Kermit gives birth? Oh. No, he doesn't give birth below the waist or whatever. He just has legs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Kermit Kermit lays eggs all over the place. (laughs) No, he's a male frog puppet. Do you like the quote about Bert and Ernie, though, Becca, where someone said, like, they're not gay, they're not straight, they're puppets? Yeah, well, I like... But some puppets, I think, are gay. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) But honestly, the vibes I get from Bert and Ernie, and I don't really like them because I don't like their skin. Racist. But... I like the idea that they're platonic soulmates. There's a lot of platonic soulmates in the Muppets. Like, you've got, uh... Go ahead. Uh, who are those guys? Waldorf and... Astoria. I don't know those you know guys. guys. <laughs> I don't know the guys. No, not Waldorf. <laughs> Come on, name? Rachel, help me out here. Wait, wait, what? The announcing, the grumpy ones? Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> the two old men who are mean, you know, Becca. No, I don't. I don't know them, thank goodness. That's going to be me and Rachel in our old age. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, what about Stephen and are you married, Jackie? No, never. Oh, okay. Sorry. Certainly not to Stephen. I gave it my old college try, but it didn't work out. <laughs> Is a college try like trying harder than normal or trying less than normal? I, I think it's doing a normal amount of trying. Oh, then what's the <laughs> like point? Casual, normal trying. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. My piano teacher this week said, well, why don't you give that the old college try? And I said, that's offensive to people who didn't go to college, but okay. Or and were you like, who knows? I don't know what that means. <laughs> less or he more. He thought for a second normal. and he was like, well... They should really give it the college try then. And I was like, oh no. Okay, wait. Should we say what this podcast is about and who we are real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe wait, maybe some people like to have a mystery pod. <laughs> well, they've they've had it. Hi everyone. Welcome to Fire the Canon. This is the podcast where we read the books in the Western Canon and decide if they belong or not. This week, we are wrapping up the second half of the greatest Italian story ever written and the most widely read just below the Bible. That would be Pinocchio, The Adventures of Pinocchio by one Carlo Collodi. It's weird. I'm Jackie. I'm your first host. I'm Rachel. I'm your primary host. And I'm Becca. I'm the guy who doesn't read the book and just has opinions. It's all vibes. Vibes only. So I just wanted to quickly tell the audience that in our previous episode, we read chapters 1 through 20. And in this episode, we will be starting with chapter 21 and going until the end of the book. So, Becca, do you remember where we left 
Pinocchio. Oh gosh, was it the snake? Was this no was that, it the snake? That was the chapter before. Oh, okay. okay, so when we ended the episode, Pinocchio was hungry for some grapes, and he had just gotten caught in a weasel trap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, but I agree the snake was way more memorable. <laughs> Maybe we should have ended there. We chose to end after chapter 20 because we we're like, well, it's like, you know, it's a classic cliffhanger. <laughs> classic. Caught in a weasel trap, just like all the other great characters of Western literature. I do remember he was in a trap, actually, now that I think about it. Good work, Becca. You're already doing great. <laughs> Becca Becca kind of wanted it to stay that way, and we just didn't need to record a second episode. Yeah. This yeah. is <laughs> the end. <laughs> we'll leave him stuck in the trap. You know, some of these chapters, like, barely anything happens. Some of them, way too much happens. But anyway, let's get started. So, okay, so chapter 21, Pinocchio is still stuck in his weasel trap, and a firefly comes by, and they start chatting, and the firefly's like, why are you in there? And he said, oh, I wanted to get some grapes. And he's like, are they your grapes? And he said, no. And the firefly's like, why did you think you could steal grapes? Which, like, Come on. If somebody's starving, let him have a bunch of grapes. Just one bunch of grapes, I think, is fine. You remember um, that saying about the grapes that I got, like, I totally misunderstood one time? Yeah, I do. What was it? It was, a man who grows grapes by the roadside and a man who has a pretty wife have the same problem. I think it's like an Ethiopian proverb. I I don't remember the country. We were reading, like, a a website that was like a compilation of proverbs from around the world. Yeah, and Rachel said, so you know what that means, right, Jackie? And I said, yeah, everybody's gonna be taking his grapes. (laughs) Which is true. I think that is what it's trying to tell you. In wife form. I mean, I don't know that it's true, but I think that's... Like, if you have a pretty wife and no grapes, still people are gonna be trying to take your grapes, is what that means. So anyway, so the farmer, the farmer comes up and, like, takes Pinocchio out of the trap and he's like, oh. Well, you're not the weasel I expected, but um, because you tried to steal my grapes, my watchdog Melampus died yesterday. So you have to be my new watchdog. Wait, what? (laughs) You're confused about the name. You're confused about (laughs) its punishment, I think. But how did him being- Mine says it's Melampo and it says he's currently dying. Whoa, okay. Mine definitely said he died yesterday. It's Pinocchio's fault that Melampo died? How? No, it's just you were trying to steal things and now I'm going to punish you by making me do this. That's crazy, Rachel, because we're about to meet Melampo. What? No, we don't. He's dead. There's a different dog. Never mind. (laughs) Okay, so Jackie, does yours say that he's alive or not? Because mine definitely says he died yesterday. I guess not. (laughs) I guess it says he died. Also, I think the confusion with the names is that probably, I'm guessing like Melampus is like a Latin name and that in the original Pinocchio, it was probably like Malampo, which is an Italian version. So maybe yours didn't translate it and mine yeah, did. It's pretty close. Yeah. If yeah. it's close enough, just, you know, people can figure it out. So he like chains Pinocchio up outside. Oh, sorry. Audience, if you don't like animal cruelty, there's like a lot of animal cruelty in the rest of the book. So if tap you out. do like puppet cruelty, which I do, stay tuned because there's plenty of that. Makes up for the animal cruelty. Yeah, see how it weighs. And we'll try to minimize it a little bit. This is just, I, I know that Colodi was a freak who thought that like everybody needed to work. Come on, if a little boy is starving, you can give him some grapes. You don't put a collar on his neck like it's some kind of weird. He's not a little boy though. Uh, he's a puppet, I guess. 
Which Stephen asked me when I told him last night, I was like, yeah, I'm reading the rest of Pinocchio. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I get it. Pinocchio wants to be a real boy. And I'm like, Stephen, I am uh, 60% of the way through the book and he has never expressed any interest in being a real boy. Yeah, it it seems like he neither wants it nor he seems like he has no opinion on it. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes he calls himself a boy. Sometimes he calls himself a puppet, but he doesn't like he's just vibing. I also think he likes the ambiguity of like, he's a puppet when he wants to be a puppet when it suits him and he's a boy when it suits him like either one he can go for oh you're right it's manipulative Ugh, typical typical puppet like how britney spears was like i'm not a girl not yet a woman not a boy not yet a puppet no not a puppet not yet a boy (laughs) i'm not a puppet not yet a boy That's the title. (laughs) Okay, so the farmer, like, chains him up outside and puts this spiked collar on him, and he says, oh, if it starts raining, you can, like, curl up in the corner of that little shed over there. And, like, Pinocchio Pinocchio does, and he's, like, sleeping, and then all of a sudden, four weasels arrive, and they say, like, hey, Pinocchio, or, like, they're like, hey, Melampus, and he's like, I'm not Melampus, and they're like, oh, what kind of dog are you? And he's like, I'm a puppet. He's a toy dog, but I'm... But he says, like, what are you guys doing here? And they say, we're here to steal chickens. We're going to offer you our Melampus deal, which is we're going to steal eight chickens and we will pluck one of the chickens and leave it for you to have for breakfast as long as you pretend you didn't know we were here. I mean, Melampus was treated terribly. So, like, obviously he would do that. But so, so Pinocchio's like, yeah, sounds good. And the weasels go in the chicken coop and then pinocchio closes them in and like starts barking and then the farmer's like what's going on and he yells there's weasels in the coop or whatever the farmer comes down and like gets the weasels out and he's like basically he's like i'm gonna turn these weasels into a pie and then he pets pinocchio which i was like what yeah he's like petting him and he's like this is this is crazy like melampus never caught these things even though he was out here for years and years and you catch him on the very first night interesting he pets him and he lets him free yeah he lets pinocchio free yeah he's like as a reward for your good deeds but also like one good thing about pinocchio is he considers because the farmer's like how was melampus never able to catch them and pinocchio's like Melampus is dead. I'm not going to rat him out. Like, I'm not going to tell the farmer that he was letting this happen. Puppets? Good secret keepers. Very loyal to the dead. Poor Melampus. Uh, okay, so in the next chapter, Pinocchio's like, I'm going to go to the Blue Fairy's house, my little sister, who I'm the little brother of somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> he gets there, but the house is gone, and there's a tombstone there instead. And it's like, here lies the Blue Fairy who died because her little brother Pinocchio ran away and she was so sad (laughs) (laughs) this the idea this just like opens up possibilities to me this does this mean that like in general when you die in this world like your house disappears and there's your grave it's possible right like anything can happen in this hellscape of italy yeah who tore the house down prime real estate in a lot of places that are just covered in graves that's true. We got to build over the graves, right? Oh, no. That's how you get a hainton. Well, I feel like everything is a little bit haunted. You just have to deal. Especially in Italy, everything's haunted <laughs> over there. Mm-hmm. I've been. That's a great take. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so old. I think it's like there's ruins everywhere and people have been living there forever. I just think it's super haunted. I agree. That's why I really love old things. I feel like they just retain a little bit of something. Energy. Yeah. Yeah, Jackie, Jackie's one of those people who doesn't believe in God, but does believe in ghosts. 
Oh, that's funny. <laughs> the hot take. I, I don't, but I don't really believe in ghosts either. <laughs> if Theo were here, he would say, Jackie claims not to believe in ghosts, but she talks about them a lot. Mm, she really does. like you do believe in ghosts. I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in ghosts. <laughs> Becca, what's your ghost opinion? Because we have talked about it on the pod before, and I've said, I don't believe in ghosts, and I'm not scared of them, and I'm fine with going to haunted houses or graveyards or whatever, but as soon as I saw some evidence of a ghost, I would quickly believe in them and leave. Okay, so I wouldn't, like, bet my life on it, but I am open to ghosts, because I feel like there's a lot of things that even, you know, it's like it can't be explained by science, but a lot of things used to not be able to be explained by science. And then we got some more science. Like tooth decay? Yeah. You're saying you think ghosts could very easily just be science, but maybe they're ghosts. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying it could still be a ghost and be science. I'm saying who knows? We don't. Yeah. We don't know. But are you, but like, would you, if someone was like, I'll give you a thousand dollars to spend the night in a haunted house, would you do that? Or would you be like, no, I'm scared? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would do it because you're because you're not afraid of ghosts or because of the money. Both. Both. I I okay. do believe in the, the ghosts. Like I could be open to it. But like, yeah, I do think there's a ghost here, but I feel like the ghost would be like, look, she's doing it for a thousand bucks. It's fine. Like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I kind of think is that you know I assume if they're paying you to spend the night in a haunted place, it's probably because like the ghost is thought to be dangerous or malevolent, right? Because otherwise, it's like. What, what, you're going to give me $1,000 just to have, like, a cool experience? So, <laughs> but my one fear would be, like, okay, almost certainly there's no ghost, and if there was a ghost, it probably either doesn't want to hurt me or can't hurt me or both, but on the on the off chance that there is one and it wants to hurt me and it can hurt me, it will, and it will succeed, and I will never live to tell the story. But you'll become an interesting story in consolation. Well, then everybody would just think, oh, she died. Like, who knows why that happened? Could be anything. And then skeptics will just be like, yeah, there's still no ghosts. Like, I feel like if there are real ghosts, they will never let me escape to tell the tale. No, the ghosts want people to tell the tale. Yeah, I feel like they do want you to tell the tale and also like the amount of time I, I so i wouldn't move into a house haunted by an evil ghost and live there live my life there but one night if i knew it was haunted by an evil ghost obviously i would be frightened but if someone said here's a million dollar house i'll sell it to you for half a million because i think there's a ghost who lives here i would be like sold Mm. Well, and you could just, like, you you believe in Jesus and stuff, so you could just have it exercised, right? Well, does the ghost believe in Jesus? That's the question. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's all around. <laughs> well, the thing is, ghosts are not, like, exorcisms are for demons, not ghosts, Jackie. Yeah, There's not true. really a way to deal but with ghosts. When Rachel's, or when Becca says, I'm open to ghosts, I bet there's ghosts around that heard, like, ooh, vacancy. Like, you don't want to open yourself up that way. Do you think a ghost is going to try to possess me like a demon, Jackie? Is that what you think? That's not how it works. If you go around announcing that they can just move in. See, ja Jackie believes in ghosts. You can't be saying this and then say, I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> Now they're being like a genie and like misinterpreting your words on purpose too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jackie's the one who believes in ghosts the most. Then it's Becca. Then it's me. Yeah, <laughs> ghosts the most. All right, back to Pinocchio. 
back to Pinocchio. So Pinocchio starts crying and he's like, oh, I'm so sad about your death. And then he's also like, well, who's going to take care of me? And then he's like wailing about what a bad situation he's in. And the narrator says that he tries to tear his hair out, but he can't because it's made of wood. He needs to just go back to Geppetto. What the heck? What's his, what is he doing? Geppetto's gone. Well, here's what happened to Geppetto. We'll find out. Yeah. Oh, God. So he, so a pigeon appears. And when it appears, um, Pinocchio's like, for the love of mercy, help me. And there was like an interesting little translator's note that said that uh, like most of the people of his time, not most, but like many of the people in this time period, Collodi was uh, a secularist. So instead of saying what would have been traditional, which is like for the love of heaven, he uses like for the love of charity instead. Mm. So I made a little note that is Pinocchio is an atheist. He is. Sounds like. Well, that's interesting because there's a you know a lot of moralizing in the story, but you're right. I I never noticed that he doesn't say anything about like obeying God or anything. He just says obey your parents. Correct. And there's not really a reason. Oh, the reasons that you might turn into like a donkey or you might get chained up or you might see a big snake. Wait, when did he turn into a donkey? Oh, we'll get there. I think maybe the other reason is that Collodi is like, well, I want this to be a lesson for little boys. So if a parent tells you to do something, you can't say, no, God told me to do this other thing. I'm going to go play. There's no loopholes. Yeah, no loopholes. So we find out from the pigeon that Geppetto is going to America. And I also made a note that is, could he be Jackie's great, 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 great grandfather? (laughs) I don't even know that we'd have to go back that far. (laughs) When did your ancestors go to America? Because I learned, and also from what part of Italy? Because then we'll know if you could be a descendant of Geppetto and Pinocchio. I can tell you the exact year, but I know it's the wrong part because Geppetto and them are from like Florence, which is on the, which is not near where my family is from, which is Campania, which is like the southeastern, or sorry, southwestern. Your family's, your family's from southern Italy. Yeah, like very close to the west. What year? Would you like me to tell you the exact year? Sure. My great great grandfather arrived in 1872. <gasps> oh. That was pre-Geppetto. But you could be like a cousin. You never know. All right. Okay. So Jackie is not the granddaughter of Pinocchio. We can move on, I guess. Pinocchio. The granddaughter of Pinocchio. Be Geppetto. No. But who's Geppetto's child? Are you saying it's because I'm part puppet? Oh, gosh. You wish. So the pigeon says, yeah, he's sailing to America. And the pigeon gives Pinocchio a ride to the beach. And when they arrive, he sees... Pinocchio, or Pinocchio's on the beach. There's a big crowd watching Geppetto. He sees him on his little boat. He's already gone. There's big waves. Pinocchio's waving. And then it's like, even though he was far away, Geppetto, it seems like he heard him, which, have you seen the Japanese reality show Old Enough? Yeah. What kind of question is that? Of course I haven't. Oh, I thought you were going to say have. Yeah. (laughs) Jackie doesn't watch a lot of stuff, but there's an episode with... I don't watch a lot of stuff, so there's no way I saw a Japanese reality show. It's... You you need to watch it. You need to watch it. It's been running for like 35 years, but it's really cute, and it's about toddlers running errands by themselves. And in one of the episodes, there's a little girl whose dad is a fisherman, and she goes to the beach, and she like is really far away, but she's like yelling, and then somehow his heart hears her call, and I was like, oh my gosh. It's like with Pinocchio and (laughs) Oh no, she's way cuter than Pinocchio. Oh yeah, but but he was wearing a breadcrumb as a hat. Oh, or whatever it was. Dough. It's a bit of dough, not a breadcrumb. (laughs) You think he's like smaller than a crumb? (laughs) He changes in size. I think that's true. 
So Geppetto hears him and tries to go back to shore and then capsizes and disappears under the waves. And Pinocchio jumps in and, like, yeah. tries to swim to help him. <laughs> Ooh, just a little too late. Yeah, and the townspeople are watching. They see Geppetto disappear under the waves and they're like, oh, and they're like, they, there is some religion. They say a little prayer. We don't know what they pray to. And the thing is, my translators know, it says that they grumbled a prayer. And the translator was like, this is to emphasize that they don't really believe in God because you would never grumble a prayer. And I'm like, I don't know if I buy that, but I might as well tell you that's what he said. (laughs) Wait, what? Well, my thing, too, is like, it's maybe good that he capsized now, because if he capsized this early in his little boat, you think he would make it all the way to America? No way. So you're saying it's better that he go ahead and drown immediately? No, I'm saying he could hopefully have a chance to swim to shore now. But he doesn't. Yeah, she said capsize. My my version says they mumble the prayers. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I didn't know that he drowned. I assumed he survived, but I'm, I, I guess maybe he does drown. Well, he doesn't pop up again. Oh, no. So he drowned. Well, I was thinking if you could see the shore, there's a chance he could swim to shore, but I guess he doesn't. There is a chance. Yeah, there's a chance he could, but he does not. No, he disappears in the waves, and then <laughs> then Pinocchio goes out and also disappears, and they, they mumble another prayer, and that's it. Are they going to get eaten by a whale? That's what happens in the movie. Not a whale. Not a whale. A shark? Let's continue. Okay, let's hear. So the next chapter, Pinocchio washes up on the shore of an island and he meets a dolphin that we're told is extremely polite, like unbelievably polite. But all that happens is Pinocchio's like, hey, do you know where there might be a place where people would give me some food? And the dolphin's like, oh yeah, just go that way. And then leaves. He's not going to ask about where his dad is? Well, he does warn him. He says, yeah, have you seen my dad? And... The dolphin's like, well, what is he What is he like? And Pinocchio says, he's the greatest dad in the whole world. And then he's like, and I'm the worst son in the whole world. And he's like, oh, he probably died in that storm last night. And if the storm didn't get him, then the, the great shark probably got him. Or the terrible shark. He says he's three stories high, five stories yeah, high. Yeah, he's five stories high and his mouth is so wide that you could drive a train in it. And then later, Pinocchio's like... Megalodon. I know, and it says, like, Pinocchio was, like, looking behind him, making sure he wasn't being followed by a shark with a train in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but when the dolphin tells him about the shark, and I thought this was a funny other little note, Pinocchio, uh, he says like, like, oh my goodness, or something. But the translator says, in the original Italian, of course, Pinocchio says, mamma mia, but that they Holy chose... <laughs> The reason they chose not to call it Mamma Mia in English is because he said, of course, in the original Italian, it's not humorous. (laughs) (laughs) So so if he had had the the dolphin be like, your dad probably got eaten by a shark and Pinocchio was like, Mamma Mia, then people would laugh. (laughs) Should have been Papa Mia, though. But anyway. Yeah, that should be even funnier, though. I just, it's funny that he's like, look, obviously this isn't funny to Italians. (laughs) This is not, nothing about this is very serious. But they knew we would laugh. Yeah, yeah. But you won't laugh if I put this footnote in. (laughs) So he goes to this town that is called, like, the town of the Busy Bees or Busy Beesville. And when he gets there, we learn that Geppetto was a Reagan Republican because Pinocchio thinks like, (laughs) oh, yeah, my dad always told me that everybody, no matter what, they have no excuse. They always have to work for their food unless they're literally like so old they're about to die or like so infirm that they can't move. Nobody's allowed to ask for charity. (laughs) 
Not even his little puppet boy. And in the next chapter, Pinocchio goes to the Island of Invisible Disabilities and learns his lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Would be nice, though. But yeah, so he's like, he's like going around saying, oh, can anyone give me a penny, which is a soldi? He's like, can you give me a soldi? And everyone's like, one, I'll give you five if you help me do this chore. And every time Pinocchio's like, eh, I don't want to. So then he just keeps begging. (gasps) He's a brat. (laughs) I know. He keeps begging and everyone's like, I'll give you even more money if you'll just help me with this thing. And he's like, "Mm, no, thank you. And then they're like, well, F you, Pinocchio. (laughs) Like their reaction is too much. How does everyone know his name? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they know his name, but they're like, they basically are like, if you don't want to help me, then fuck you and you can rot and starve or somebody at one point someone's like well enjoy eating two slices of your own pride this story kind of made me like want to adopt a little kid because it just makes me so sad that like everywhere this little kid goes everybody's like he's like crying and weeping and just like all night long by himself in the dark and the cold and he's so cold he almost dies and everybody's like get up and work you lazy bum and i just want to take him and take well he's a puppet he's not a little boy you can't forget but everybody gotta do if you know what it doesn't matter to me if something's crying i want to take care of that thing but he is a brat he's the worst son yeah he's a terrible brat he his poor dad, his poor dad sold his jacket to get his stupid book and then he immediately sold it to go into this stupid show. And then he got some money and then he buried it like an idiot. Well, like that part, I don't blame him too much for. He's just an idiot. But the part where he p- sells the book to go to the show, I do blame him for that. Like, how could he do that? <laughs> I like how you're like, his poor dad, he sold his jacket. I'm like, and he drowned. But okay. <laughs> well, the drowning isn't the drowning isn't really Pinocchio's fault, actually. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Pinocchio, finally he sees a woman and he's like, will you please give me some water? And she's like, yeah. And he drinks a lot of water. And then he says, she says like, do you want some food? If you do, if you'll help me carry one of my water jugs home, I'll give you, she's like, I'll give you some bread. And he's like, eh. And she says, I'll give you some cauliflower with olive oil. And he's like, eh. And then she's like, I'll give you dessert. And he goes, fine, I guess I'll do it. And then... He, when he gets home, he looks up and notices, like, wait a second, she's had blue hair the whole time. I think it's the blue fairy. Ah. <laughs> is it the blue fairy? Yeah, it is, but she's a lot, she's an adult now. Yeah, every time there's a thing with blue but hair. But she didn't die then? That was a fake tombstone? Yeah, she's like, she's older, not old, but she's like a grown woman. And Pinocchio's like, how did you age so fast? And she's like, I don't know. I guess I'm your mom now. Yeah, she does. She says, I'm not your little sister anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now she's his mom. And from then on, he's always like, mommy, like, (laughs) how can you, how can you be so adaptable? (laughs) (laughs) If my little sister suddenly became my mom, I would freak out. And I don't think I would listen to her. But if you were also her big sister, though, you know, like, technically they were your big sister because you were... But, like, if I got 10 years older and then said to Becca, hey, I'm your mom now, she wouldn't just be like, okay. No. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Mommy. I wouldn't be on, on board with that. No, but also he was only gone for, I think he was gone for, like, four months or something. And she's like, you were gone so long, I'm your mom now. <laughs> 
that's that's the other thing that's like hey little kids don't leave home because if you're home if you're away for a little bit you might come home and someone might be your mom who wasn't your mom before he's happy about it though yeah but he loves it he's happy he's like great i have a mom the blue fairy's pinocchio's mom and she's like yeah i grew up so fast blah blah blah. and he's like tell me how to do it and she says it's a secret and he's like uh i think i want to be a boy and that's the very first time (laughs) because he's like i want to grow up and she says you can't you're a puppet puppets don't grow up and then he's like well now i want to be a boy oh just because he wants to get older because he wants to copy his mom puppets also don't have moms or like get punished but like or go to jail but he's done all those things yeah he's lived a weird puppet life but so we're 70 percent of the way through the book and he finally wants to be a real boy which is always the theme of pinocchio adaptations <laughs> yeah why why did the theme in all the adaptations not like it has nothing to do with the real theme of the story which is like work hard because that's a boring theme. that's a better theme wanting wanting to be a real boy is a way better theme than like you you have to do whatever your parents say being obedient and working hard i hate that as a theme it's too didactic no audience would enjoy themselves with that well italians apparently did from the book i guess americans are just more like sentimental but that doesn't make sense americans are all about work and italians are all about romance maybe that's we want our media to be sentimental because we're not sentimental and they want their <laughs> their media to be. Or maybe all the Italians who were Reaganites came to America in the 1900s and they left all the cool Italians back home. And they're just like, we're so out of, we're so before our time. We can't wait for Reagan to be born. That's why I like the Italian Italians, I guess, more than maybe the Italian Americans is because they're all the Reaganites. That could be it. <laughs> Look, I, I'm sure there are some cool Italians, by the way. There are a lot of great Italian communists and anarchists that you would love, Becca. So don't worry. Okay. Well, not all, I gotta like, meet them. Carlo Collodi. You know what? My ancestors were treated terribly when they came over, and they learned that they had to adapt. So you know what? We did what we had to do. And you became Reaganites? Is that what you're saying? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. Okay. She tells him, if you want to be a boy... You have to be a good child, and now I'm your mom, and you're going to have to go to school if you really want to be a boy. And he's like, fine. So he does. So Pinocchio, he he goes to school, and he ends up being, like, one of the best students in class. And at first, his classmates pick on him for being a puppet, but then they have, like, a physical fight between Pinocchio and seven students, and he kicks him with his little wooden feet and elbows him with their with his wooden elbows, and they respect him, and he becomes popular. Seven to one? That's not fair. Yeah, I know. But he's made of wood. Like, they punch him and nothing happens. Remember in the first half, he was hit on the back with two knives and he's so hard that they shattered into a million pieces. He's like harder than diamonds, probably. That's why it's weird that he was able to be hanged. And why does he want to be a real boy? Like he's way OP like this. <laughs> he can he can float on, like like wood on the water and he doesn't like, you know, have any risk of drowning or anything, but he can easily hang. Weird. I don't know. But also he gets hungry. So I don't know what his deal is. Um, So Pinocchio... The problem is he becomes friends with every boy in class and some of them are scoundrels. And one day they're like, hey, a giant shark washed ashore. We should go look at it. And he's like, no, I have to go to school. And they say, well, the shark, he's only going to be here for a little while. He'll, he'll probably leave. Let's just go look and we can be back in an hour. So then Pinocchio... Is that what happened when big animals wash ashore? They just leave whenever they want? 
usually they're dead, but I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess not now. But so they go to look at the shark, and then when he shows up, it turns out it was a prank from his friends, which, okay, number one, I don't think it was bad of Pinocchio to go look at this shark because he thinks his dad might have been swallowed by the shark. So, like, it's okay to skip school if you think your dad might be, like, inside a shark and the shark is here. That's true. And maybe the reason he's, like, the best in the class is because he's actually got some real-world experience, you know? Yeah. Go get some more of that. Don't you think he's not being bad here? Yeah, I agree. he school to try to rescue his I, dad? Yeah, I think that's fine. Well, did, was he trying to rescue his dad or did he just want to look at the shark? Did he express anything? That's how they were able to, like, the, he was like, I don't want to look yet. I'll go after school. And they were like, the shark will probably be gone by then. And then he thinks like, oh, I need my dad, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sure part of it is wanting to go. But the reason he was enticed is because his dad was in there. No, it's bad because his mom, no, his sister slash mom told him to go to school. And then he listened to his friends instead. Wrong. Okay. I'm hating Carlo more and more. Okay. So he, it was all a prank. So then he gets in a physical fight with the classmates because he's like, you guys made me skip school, blah, blah, blah. So they're throwing all these books at Pinocchio. And when they list off the books that they throw, a couple of them were books that Carlo Collodi had written, like school books he wrote. Oh. So it's like a little plug. <laughs> Let me just say this. They're making fun of him and they say, hey, Pinocchio, we're tired of hearing you brag about yourself, you little turkey cock. Is he a what? Ew. <laughs> Is that not what yours says? I don't think so. Little what? They say, don't forget, we're not afraid of you. You're only one and we're seven. Pinocchio says, like the seven sins. And they're like, you take that back. He called us sins. And then they get in a real fight and he throws a big book at one of their heads, this boy named Eugene. and. Eugene goes as pale as a ghost and says... No, Pinocchio doesn't throw it. Another student does. Oh, you're right. And then instead of hitting him, it hits Eugene. And he says, oh, mother, I'm dying. And then he falls down. Mamma mia. Mamma mia. He dies? Well, he says he died. And Pinocchio, like, tries to be like, Eugene, wake up. Wake up, Eugene. And he won't wake up. And there's, like, blood and stuff. Oh, my God. The problem is they threw Pinocchio's math book, but all the all the other boys run away. And then cops show up, and they see Pinocchio, and he's like, help, help. And they're like, what happened? And he said, it was this boy. He was hit in the head with a book, but it wasn't me. And they're like, really? And it comes out that the book belongs to Pinocchio, so they arrest him for assault. That's not cool. What about the one who really assaulted? He ran away. But so while they're marching Pinocchio away, Pinocchio says like, hey, do you mind if I go grab my jacket or my hat or something? And they're like, oh yeah, you can get it. And then as soon as he goes to get it, he runs away really fast. That's fair, honestly. But they send a big dog after him. So this is Alidoro and he's like a huge guard dog. But so he's chased by the dog and he like, the dog basically like chases him to a cliff or something and Pinocchio jumps into the ocean and is able to swim, but the dog can't swim and like falls in on accident and starts to drown. And the dog's like, help me, my dear Pinocchio. Oh, my beloved Pinocchio, please save me. Oh my God. (laughs) He says, I drown. I drown. I drown, Pinocchio. And Pinocchio says, good, drown. You were just chasing me. But he says, like, promise you won't get me. And the dog's like, I won't, I won't. So Pinocchio saves the dog and puts him on the shore and then runs back into the ocean in case. And the dog is like, I promise I'll pay you back for the good thing that you've done for me, Pinocchio. Thank you so much. So Pinocchio goes in the water and he gets to some rocks and he says he starts to climb up because he sees a cave where some smoke coming out of it. And he's like, ooh, where there's smoke, there's fire and maybe there's some food. So he climbs up, but he sees... 
this guy who looks like he looks like old Greg basically catches Pinocchio in a net with a bunch of other fish. But he's green. Old Greg, have you seen old Greg? Old Greg is green. Yeah, I've seen old Greg, I guess, but this guy's like 100% green. That guy doesn't have any other colors. I don't know. I haven't looked at old Greg that much. It's been, I haven't seen old Greg since high school when everybody was trying to make me look at him. Well, let me check my old Greg poster on the wall behind me. Okay, so whatever. So this jolly green old Greg picks up Pinocchio and Annette with all the other fish and he's like taking all the fish out and like saying, ooh, you're gonna be delicious. And then he grabs Pinocchio and he's like, nice, I caught a deep sea crab. And Pinocchio says like, whoa, I'm not a crab, I'm a puppet. And the guy's like, dang, a puppet fish? Those are rare. (laughs) Oh no. Everybody in this story like doesn't know what a puppet is and they just assume like whatever object he's next to, he's that object too. Yeah. But also like puppets are apparently pretty common and it's known that they are sentient. (laughs) So I don't know what the deal is. (laughs) Yeah. What a terrible world they live in over there. All these sentient puppets. I know, but it's also bad for the puppets who are basically slaves. Yeah. I don't think they should be slaves, but I also don't think they should exist. So. Oh gosh. Okay. Pinocchio, he talks to the man. He says, well, how can you eat me? Can't you see that, like, I'm sentient? I'm talking? I'm thinking? And he's like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. I just want to taste the really rare fish. Yeah, and he's like, in honor of your intelligence, you can choose how I eat you. And Pinocchio's like, I choose that you don't. And the guy's like, "Uh, okay, I'll just fry you with everyone else. That'll be great. So then he like flowers Pinocchio and he's about to deep fry him. He's like holding him over this pot of oil. And yeah, suddenly Alidoro the dog comes into the cave and snatches him up. And the fisherman's like, give me back that fish. But he runs out. So he's saved. Here's my question. I thought that he had to swim to the cave and Alidoro can't swim. Am I wrong? Well, the cave wasn't on an island. I think it was just further along the coast. And Pinocchio traveled there by water and I guess Alidoro ran. But apparently, I guess Alidoro might know this green man because it says that he went to the cave to like beg for some food. And then all of a sudden Pinocchio was like, it's me, Pinocchio, you got to save me. And then he saved him. Oh, okay, okay. So I think he might go there occasionally. (laughs) Okay, so he just happened upon Pinocchio. Yeah, exactly. And then Pinocchio, once he's free, he's like, I'm going to go check on Eugene. So he goes to the house where they were leaving him and he's like, where's Eugene? And they say he's gone. And he's like, oh, no, he's dead. And they say, no, he's totally fine. He went home. It's crazy that the police just like won't even do a trial or anything. They're just like jail time. You're not going to investigate at all. You're just going to. I mean, they investigated by asking if he did it and he said no. And then they put him, took him to jail. <laughs> yeah. You can't throw a book that's not yours. True. So Pinocchio. So he meets an old man and he like lies to the old man three times, but then only his nose only grows once because the first time he lies, the guy's like, oh, I heard Pinocchio hurt Eugene and Pinocchio's like, no, I've heard about Pinocchio. Like I heard he's a great guy and like a great student and a great friend and a great son. And then his nose grows and he's like, actually, forget it. I heard he sucks. And then his nose shrinks again. (laughs) 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 That's pretty funny. (laughs) But then immediately the man is like, why don't you have any clothes? And Pinocchio says like, oh, I was robbed. There's a naked puppet running around? Yeah, he says he was robbed and then his nose doesn't grow and then he lies about, like, something else and his nose doesn't grow. And he asks... Wait, what happened to his clothes? They came off in the water or maybe the guy who was gonna eat him took them off? Like Odysseus, like Odysseus. He washes up naked on this island. he is like Odysseus. So he... The old man is like, I'll give you... I don't have any clothes, but you can wear a lupini bean sack. 
that I have. So he's like, great, I'll wear the bean sack. And I've had lupini beans. They're really good, actually. There you have it. Who would have thunk it? There I have it. They're like snacking beans. I just don't know why, like, why did Kaloti made up this, I, I mean, I guess pretty good, you know, conceit that the the nose is going to grow whenever he lies but he doesn't use it consistently at all like at all i know i and i mean presumably it's supposed to be that like sometimes it's okay to lie but in this case it's not like he lies to save someone's life and that's fine he lies because he's embarrassed that his clothes fell off in the ocean and that's okay so like you just can't lie about what a great guy you are and that's the only thing that's bad someone ought to like make a detailed analysis of all the all the lies and how they stack up and when the nose grows and when it doesn't maybe also one of the other times he lied when he was like i'll be a good boy geppetto i'm gonna go to school i'm gonna do all this and he was lying because he didn't do it maybe he at the time he meant to do it yeah he intended to do it so it wasn't a lie you have to know you're lying and he's so stupid that i think a lot of the times maybe he just doesn't (laughs) (laughs) he's weird Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying us talking about Pinocchio more than Pinocchio is enjoying the experience of being Being Pinocchio. (laughs) (laughs) If you are, and you want to let us know and let others know, first of all, we always love it when you tell your friends and family, whoever, about the podcast. We also love it when you leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or a little bit of a thumbs up on Spotify. We also love it when you support us on patreon.com slash fire the canon canon of course spelled c-a-n-o-n we have various tiers of rewards you can get but also the greatest reward of all is i hope knowing that you are helping us continue to make this podcast we really love and appreciate every single one of you okay back to pinocchio Okay, he's wearing the bean sack. He goes back to the fairy's house and he shows up and he's like, I'm starving, blah, blah, blah. And there's a snail servant who says, the fairy's asleep. She doesn't want me to wake her up, but I'll let you in. But she's a snail, so it takes her like six hours to go get him. The fairy's asleep. She doesn't want me to wake her up but I'll let you in. And by the time, by the time she gets to him, he has kicked the door so hard that his foot is stuck in the wood. I could have driven from my house in Cincinnati to my mom's house in North Carolina in the time it takes the snail to come and get him in. Why is she a servant? She obviously is not cut out for the job. Well, it's okay. The fairy's charitable, I guess. But so when she gets there, she's like, I can't get you out of the door. He's like, I'm starving. And the snail says, well, I can get you some food. So she goes to get him food. And obviously that takes many more hours as well. Well, I can get you some food. And finally, the fairy is like, okay, Pinocchio, enough of my pranks. You can come in. So he goes to school for the rest of the semester and he's the best student and he's getting an award. And she tells him like, hey, this is great. You've done such a good job. Tomorrow you're going to become a real boy and we're going to have a giant breakfast to celebrate and you can invite all your friends. And the chapter ends with a quote, which is, unfortunately, in the lives of puppets, there is always a but that ruins everything. (laughs) (laughs) So she says, we're going to have a party and I'm going to make 200 cups of coffee and milk and I'm going to make 400 slices of buttered toast with the butter on both sides. Mm -hmm. So he goes to all his friends and a lot of them say yes, but some of them say no. And he's like, but "But the bread will be buttered on both sides. And they're like, okay, I'll do it for you. (laughs) Which is Jackie. I made a note of that. I was like, 
Jackie would be convinced. I have not eaten anything today, and oh, that sounds good right now. <laughs> I read that at the time this was written, butter, obviously Italians are familiar with butter, but it would have been <laughs> expensive, and the problem with butter is that it just, like, obviously they didn't have refrigeration, and it wouldn't keep for very long. So most Italians, they would use, if they could afford olive oil, they would use it. If not, they would use lard. So butter was like a rich person's fat. So that's why everyone was like, hot damn butter. That's why I love it. In my Italian-American household growing up, it's like, ooh, it was worth its weight in gold. Yeah. <laughs> did you have butter growing up? I, yes, I, I did. Yeah, I did. In fact, I would sometimes eat little pats of it as a child. Me too! <laughs> That's why we got so smart. We grew up with our brains being fed by the rich people's fat. You know, Becca also ate a bite of shortening. It wasn't that good, honestly. And and we told her, we're like, it's not good. And she's like, well, I want to eat it. So I, my mom was like, okay. <laughs> so she had a spoonful of vegetable shortening. It was bad. I think I told this story on the pod one time too, but one time, because my mom worked in a restaurant, I took a big spoonful of just pure salt because I was like, well, I like salt, so a lot of salt will be good. And then I did it. And then she came around the corner and saw me and I was just like, you know, just imagine the face you would make if you ate a spoonful of salt and you immediately regretted it. And she was like, you want some water, don't you? And I was like, yes. <laughs> okay, so Pinocchio, he has a friend who he really loves and the friend's name is Lampwick or his nickname because he's like tall and skinny, I guess. Yeah, but everyone calls him Lampwick and he's like the worst boy in school and the teacher had warned him to like quit hanging out with Lampwick, but he does anyway. So he goes to Lampwick's house three times to try to invite him but he's never home and finally he finds him in an alley and Lampwick is like hey I'm running away to this land this amazing country called Playland and there's no teachers every week is six Thursdays and one Sunday because back back then you would go to school Saturday but not Thursday so those were like the two days of no school and he's like there's no chores you don't have to go to church y'all do you just get to play all the time and Pinocchio's like no we just come to my house and have some buttered bread and he doesn't even want to stay Lampwick is finally like the coach is coming in two minutes just stay with me and say goodbye and Pinocchio agrees. Oh, so he wasn't even gonna go to Playland. He was just like, okay, I'll see you off. Yeah, at this point, he's not gonna go. But you know what an idiot Pinocchio is. So the next chapter, a coach pulls up and it's pulled by a bunch of pairs of donkeys wearing shoes. And I, my translator said at the time, the type of shoes they were wearing, they were like trendy. So it would have been equivalent to like donkeys wearing sneakers. Like Nike, like Air Force Ones or something. <laughs> So the coachman, uh, he's like, hey, you know, come with us, whatever. So obviously Pinocchio does get convinced and there's not a lot of space. So he's like, I'll ride on this donkey. So when he gets on the donkey or he wants to get on the donkey and the donkey won't let him and the coachman bites part of its ear off. <gasps> that was creepy. That was like not only cruel, but like actually very creepy because it doesn't he doesn't do it angrily. He says he like leans in very close, very loving. The man, by the way, is says he's whiter than he is tall and he's very smiley and he has a voice like a little wheedling cat. And then he looks like a butterball and everyone loves him right away. And he leans down and lovingly whispers to this donkey and then bites half of his right ear off. Oh! Yeah. tries to get on again and he knocks him off again and he does he leans down and he very lovingly whispers to him and he bites half his half the left ear off. Creepy! Creepy! Yeah. And he notices that the donkey is weeping. 
like a child. Weird. I didn't know donkeys could weep like children. And Pinocchio tries to say to the coachman, like, yo, this donkey's crying. And the coachman's like, don't worry about it. And so Pinocchio ignores it, I guess. And gets on top of the crying donkey. Yeah, but also the donkey, he hears a voice that's like, don't do it, Pinocchio. Like, don't go. I should have not gone myself. And it was terrible. Like, what a bad choice. And Pinocchio just thinks like, huh, that's weird. Oh, my God. He's so dumb. Why would they say that? (laughs) Yeah. And also a little something is while they're traveling, the coachman, he is like singing a little bit of a song. And it's a song that I actually am familiar with. So the song is it is called Tivoglio Bene Assai. And it was insanely popular in Italy at the time. It was written apparently by an optometrist or an optician, something like that. But my translator said that at the time, a really popular song would sell like 10,000 copies and this song sold 180,000 and that it was so popular that people would literally leave the city because they couldn't get away from it. Everybody was singing it and it was just getting on their nerves. And also some cities they like outlawed singing it in public because it was so annoying and so catchy. Wow, I kind of want to hear it now. So what 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 is this song? Yeah, like that's so catchy it will ruin your life. Maybe I don't want to hear it. it. And I actually have had it stuck in my head. <laughs> Tivoglio bene assai means I love you very much. Unrequited love. The best kind of love. So, okay, the next chapter, he's in Playland, he's loving it, and then one day, he, like, he's in his little apartment, and he, he, like, goes to feel his ears, and they're donkey ears. Yeah, he, he looks in the mirror, and he, even from birth, he had really small ears, so, so small indeed that to the naked eye, they could hardly be seen, which is, like, you had to use a microscope, almost, to look at these ears, but then it says, he saw what he never could have wished to see. His manly figure was adorned and enriched by a beautiful pair of donkey's ears. Why does he have a manly figure now i thought he was like a tiny marionette i think it was being ironic (laughs) i don't know it says manly so he freaks out and there's there's a little mouse in the house and she goes yeah well you've got the donkey fever unfortunately so he goes out of the house and he tries to find his friend lampwick but before he goes he puts he's so ashamed of his ears that he puts a little bag over his head So he goes to find Lampwick and he gets to Lampwick's house and Lampwick opens the door and he also has a bag over his head and he's like, hmm, I bet I know what's under there. They try to trick each other into both taking their things off. They don't want to admit it. And he asks Lampwick like, are you feeling okay, bro? And Lampwick says, I'm as happy as a mouse in a wheel of Parmesan cheese. That's pretty Which, good. Becca, that could be something you start to say. <laughs> <laughs> Pinocchio says, then why do you have that bag over your head? And he says, oh, my doctor told me to put it here because I hurt my knee. Why do you have a bag over your head? And Pinocchio says, oh, it's because I hurt my foot. So then, I don't know, at some point they take off their bags and they laugh until they cry and then they start braying and then they turn into full donkeys. Yeah. And the coachman shows up and he's like, oh, I heard you guys making donkey noises. This is how I make my money. I'm a millionaire from turning boys into donkeys and then selling them. So now I'm going to sell you guys off. So, oh, here's the other thing about Carlo. The chapter before this, it says like 
Pinocchio grows donkey's ears, and he doesn't grow donkey's ears, so it spoils the next chapter. Oh, I see. <laughs> so the, the previous chapter is like, in which Pinocchio turns into a donkey, or like, in which he grows donkey's ears, and then nothing like that happens. So it spoils the whole, like, suspense of like, oh my gosh, why is this donkey telling him not to go? <laughs> oh, funny. Well, mine, the chapter before, it says, after five months of play, Pinocchio wakes up one fine morning and finds a great surprise waiting for him. It doesn't say anything about the ears. Right, because your translator tried to fix the the problem, yeah. which was Carlo <laughs> spoiling what happens. So it's been five months. So can we assume that his mother is now his grandmother? <laughs> right? Yeah, basically. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe she went around the wheel so far, now she's his baby. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Constant cycle of growth and rebirth. That's what Pinocchio is all about. That's what he's all about. So the man sells him off. He sells Lampwick to a farmer, and the narrator's like, and Pinocchio never knew what happened to him, which is not true, because Lampwick appears again later in the book. Yeah, the narrator says, what happened to him? I don't know. And then the next chapter, Lampwick's back. So Yeah, yeah. they're like, oh, here's what happened. <laughs> so then, the, and then he sells Pinocchio to a circus, and it says, like, Pinocchio, of course, we know he's a picky eater, but he ends up having to eat hay and straw, and then the narrator says, like, he's forced to learn all these delightful things, which are, like, dancing, breaking open barrels full of paper, jumping through hoops, whatever. So he goes to his performance and he's treated really badly by the circus guy who's like beating him and stuff. And he's like learning. And it also says the circus guy speaks donkey dialect. So he is able to talk to him, but apparently Pinocchio can't speak Italian anymore. So he goes to perform and he sees what he thinks is the blue fairy. And he tries to talk to her, but only donkey sounds come out. And then when he looks later, she's gone. Mm. She's a mean mom. Come on, go get your boy. Maybe she doesn't recognize him. <laughs> she does. She knows it's him. Why would she be at this thing? Come on, yeah. she's a fairy. So he ends up hurting his legs when jumping through all these hoops. And then he's unable to walk anymore. So the circus guy's like, I'm going to sell you to this other guy. And the guy's like, I'm going to turn you into a drum and like use your hide to make a drum. And then to to kill the donkey, he ties him to like some heavy rocks and throws him in the water. And then after how is he going to get him out? Well, he has, there's he, a rope He's going to pull him up by yeah. his legs with the rope. Yeah. But imagine his surprise when he pulls him up and it's not a donkey, it's Pinocchio. Yeah, it's Pinocchio. Because fishes came and ate the donkey from around him and inside were the donkey's bones, which is Pinocchio. What? Yeah. This is the most horrific chainsaw Texas massacre thing I've ever heard of. Like He also says the fairy, his mom, sent fish to eat all the donkey bits off of him. And so now he's a puppet. And the and the guy says, ew, well, I never want to eat fish again because what if I, you know, cook it and inside it is the tail of a dead donkey? And Pinocchio's like, yeah, that would suck. But Becca looks so disgusted and confused. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's horrible. The man tries to convince Pinocchio to come to shore so he can sell him for firewood and Pinocchio he was like, nah, I'm going to swim away. Or he says he will, but then he swims away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then when he swims away, he sees a rock in the middle of the water and there's a blue-haired goat on it. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's probably my mom. And he goes 
to swim to the rock and the giant shark appears and the goat is like swim pinocchio the shark's gonna eat you and then the shark swallows him. you are so magical you can turn into anything you can age super fast you can make magical things and you're just like come on now swim yeah, swim. swim, get away from that five-story shark. But uh, yeah, so he he gets swallowed by the shark, and uh, once he's inside, he meets a weird philosophical tuna, and the tuna is like, eh, who knows, whatever, might as well die here. And um, he says, well, I'm gonna try to escape. And then he sees a light, and he tells the tuna, I think it might be a wise old fish who can teach me how to escape. And so he swims off towards it. So the thing about the the shark my translator said was that the reason it's a shark and not a whale because it's common you know the bible whatever jonah and the whale the reason it's a shark is that apparently carlo collodi had written in a previous text that no one could survive being swallowed by a whale because they're like throats are too tight so that's why he chose to make it a shark he's like wait 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 that would be unrealistic yeah this story has no no plot holes in it so far i'm not gonna start now. yeah exactly. right exactly he's like i'm so close to the end we gotta keep it 100 so he he tur- he's like a what is he some type of like fish expert wait, what am i trying to say what's the word for like someone like a marine biologist or something ichthyologist oh yeah ichthyologist you're right why why does he know that? <laughs> and is that even... Yeah, a-, a whale isn't even a fish. Yeah, he would be, I don't know. Cetaceologist? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the three of us probably could survive being... I mean, not survive, but we could be swallowed whole by a whale. We could survive it. I think I could survive I don't know. I mean, a whale wouldn't want to in the first place. They're, like, their throats are not designed to yeah, eat they, they're of meat. Yeah, they're trying to filter out stuff, little things. Yeah, only smaller whales want to eat meat right becca and yeah. they would ch- chew us yeah okay okay fine whatever Colodi was right about one thing <laughs> i mean he was right about something that didn't go in the book i guess whatever yeah. <laughs> so he goes to the light pinocchio goes to the light and voila it's geppetto and geppetto says he was he was able to survive in the shark so long because a ship capsized and the shark didn't eat any of the sailors but did swallow all of the supplies and candles and food and water and all this other stuff. But he's like, I'm about to run out, though. And then Pinocchio says, hey, let's escape. And Geppetto's like, I can't swim. Pinocchio says, just sit on my shoulders. I'm a great swimmer. So all they do is, like, climb up. The shark is asleep, and they just climb up through the throat and jump out the mouth. And it's like, nobody else thought of that. Geppetto didn't try that at any other point. Like, I get that he can't swim, but... But grab some of, like, one of the buoyant pieces of wood he's been using, you know? There's got to be something. Yeah, Kalodi makes sure to say the shark has asthma and heart disease, so he has to... Because he's old, so he has to sleep with his mouth open. So that's how they got out. Asthma? He has gills. How can he have asthma? Yeah. Becca, it's it's all scientifically accurate. This is science, Becca. Ichthyological science. And so the tuna, who had previously been like, well, it's better to, you know, die under the water than get fried in a pan, so I guess I might as well die in this shark. He sees them and he's like, oh, I'll go out too. So he goes out yeah. also. But we find out because Pinocchio is like swimming with his dad and finally he says, dad, uh, sorry, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to drown now. Bye. But then the tu- the wonderful tuna shows up and is like, hey, I saw you guys escape. So I did. Let me rescue you. And then he drags him home and then it, Pinocchio kisses the tuna on the mouth when they get back. Wow. And it says the tuna is so touched by this because no one ever hugs him or or shows him tenderness that he bursts into tears and he's so embarrassed that he turns around and jumps right back into the ocean. Swims away. Swims home. Wow. 
I kind of hope that Tuna finds love at this point. Me too. And has like some children. And- Express your emotions, my guy. Well, Pinocchio did say something to him like, you should you should swim home to your little tuna babies now or something. <laughs> so maybe he does have love, but fish just don't really show their affection. Well, so this is the longest chapter by far. And I also read that Carlo Collodi was, like, known for being kind of lazy and, like, not good at turning things what? in on time. <laughs> so that's why the chapter is so long is because he waited till the last minute and was like, oh, I have to shove everything in here. <laughs> what? He has no business writing the story about working hard and he can't even turn the dang story in on time. Well, apparently Pinocchio is sort of inspired by himself. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe he's like, learn from my lesson. Don't wait till the last minute. And that's how he knows that you can't be swallowed by a whale, but you can be swallowed by a shark. Because it happened to him. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so they see the cat and the fox from before, and the cat and the fox now actually do have the disabilities they claimed they did. Yeah, like the cat's actually blind, and the fox is actually lame, and they ask for help. And I thought, you know, okay, this is a story of... Redemption. Redemption, and people die and come back, and I thought, you know, they were gonna... He was gonna help them, and they would get better, but nope. That's just, that's just it. They're sad. Yeah. Pinocchio's like, uh, I'm not helping you. Bye. And then they keep going. And then he... What's the point of them showing up? Just to show that, hey, thieves never prosper. And so then they find a little house because his dad is not doing well. And he finds a house and inside the house is the dead cricket or the formerly dead cricket. And he's like, yeah, hey, the blue fairy or the blue goat gave me this house and you can stay here if you want. Because Pinocchio's like, oh my gosh, thank you, my beloved cricket. And the cricket's like, wow, this isn't how you used to treat me. Isn't that interesting? But he lets them stay there. <laughs> yeah. Pinocchio says, the cricket says, yeah, remember when you threw a hammer at me? And Pinocchio says, I did. Throw a hammer at me right now. I deserve it. <laughs> and the cricket's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, any hammer a cricket can throw at me, I can handle. Yeah, I can handle for that sure. hammer. <laughs> so Pinocchio wants to get some nourishment for his dad. And he's like, I need to get my dad a glass of milk. And he finds a farmer and the farmer's like, yeah, yeah, I'll give you some milk if you help me because my donkey that like turns this thing is dying. And Pinocchio's like, oh my gosh. And he goes and the donkey's his friend Lampwick and Lampwick like dies. Oh no. Yeah, he dies. He doesn't get to like come back or anything. He just dies right there. Well, that's what he gets. That's what he gets. (laughs) Pinocchio cries and he keeps working for the farmer to get milk for his dad. And so he like is doing little tasks around the village and he finally saves up 40 soldi to buy clothes for himself. But he finds out from the snail from before that his mom, the fairy, is so sick with grief over his disappearance that she's in the poorhouse. And he's like, take this money and give it to my mom and I'll give you even more money soon. I'm going to go work even harder. And then the next day... He's like in he wakes up in bed and he has the money that he had given the fairy plus a new outfit plus he's a real boy. Wow. Not just the money he gave the fairy. He he gave her 50 pennies and she gives him back 50 gold coins and he's real. So he gets even more money plus some clothes and he's a real boy. And but like she doesn't show up or anything. But here's the final line. What about Geppetto? Geppetto, I guess he's recovered Geppetto from all the milk. There. Yes. Not only that, Geppetto is there and he's younger, spick and span. He's so hot. With his new clothes and he has like nice hair and nice clothes. And um, he's like, oh, hey, I'm a real boy now. And then Pinocchio says, I wonder where 
the wooden version of myself went, which I wouldn't have thought this. I w- oh, yeah. This is horrible. Yeah, I would have thought like, oh, you just became real. But instead, yeah. there still is a wooden Pinocchio in the house and he looks at him and it's like laying there with his head all turned to the wrong side and his legs all twisted up. And he says, how ridiculous I was as a marionette and how happy I am now that I have become a real boy. Yikes. That's the last line, but in my translation, the last line is, how happy I am now to have become a good little kid, exclamation point, then it says dot, dot, dot. And apparently, audiences, Pinocchio scholars, whatever, everybody is always like, what does the dot, dot, dot mean? Does it mean that, like, he's not gonna keep being a good little boy? Like, what does this mean? And apparently, someone went to a talk from Carlo Collodi, and they asked him, what why did you put a dot 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 at the end what does that mean and he said and i quote i don't recall writing that what (laughs) (laughs) like he's on trial and it's like where were you on the evening of march the 4th and he's like i don't recall yeah well (laughs) so apparently it's not something he thought about or meant to have so it means nothing (laughs) it was just he just did it on accident maybe he was done so he just was like tap 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 with his pen that is the greatest (laughs) troll move oh my goodness That's so great that he did this thing and everybody wondered about it. And then they were like, why'd you do that? And he's like, I did. Yeah. Or he's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember doing it at all. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Also, this is like one of the only times that the narrator calls Pinocchio because he's actually a marionette. He's not a puppet. This is one of the only times that it refers to him as a marionette when he says, it was so funny that I used to be a marionette. Because all the other times it calls him a puppet. He's a marionette all the way through. Yeah. See, they corrected Collodi's mistakes. (laughs) Wait, I don't understand the difference between a marionette. A puppet, your hand goes in. A marionette dances on strings. Yeah, and a marionette, you know. I love how we both explained at the exact same time, but we both explained the other thing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's efficient. Hmm. That's Pinocchio. Mamma mia, what did you think? Here's my question. So before he turned into a donkey, he and the other boys did get five wonderful months of paradise playing, and they they were friends with everyone. And Yeah, there's no way that's profitable. Okay, but wait. For that guy. That Not only that. Yeah, this is definitely a story about capitalism, but also how old would you have to be to... I guess what I'm asking is how, how, how much would be worth it to you to get like five to six months of like literal paradise where every day is wonderful and then at the end you have to become a donkey have you ever had a dreams that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything there's no price at which I want would become a donkey. I think if I were like, I don't know. I think if I were like 60, 70 years old, maybe 75, I would say, yeah, I'm ready. 60 years old, you'd get five months and then you're a donkey? That's crazy, Jackie. But it's five wonderful months. <laughs> you can just have that. Just take time off work and relax. They're just having candy and playing games. No... It's got to be, like, magical. Like, every day is perfect. But if I take five months off, like, not every day is going to be amazing, you know? Well, it's your choice to make it amazing, just like it was Pinocchio's choice. I'd have to have a lot of money. Not that much. Like, what do you need for things to be magical? I think by the time you're 60, you maybe can afford to take five months off. But it's not just five months off. It's five months where you're with 
all of your friends and you're having an amazing time. I will never agree to be a donkey just so you can have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say you have to also be a donkey. (laughs) Come on, Rach, just do it for me this once. Just be a donkey one time. I just think it's crazy you said at 60 years old, like maybe 80 years old, 60 years old, no way. But by the time you're 80, you won't be able to enjoy it. But by the time you're 60, you could also enjoy other things. Like, it's not time to pack it up and become a donkey. It's true. My mom's 60. She's in the Bahamas. She's having a great time. Yeah, it's true. She is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry to all of our 60-year-old listeners. Like, yeah, I guess, you know, you've had a good run of it. (laughs) She's really not ready to become a donkey. (laughs) I'm thinking of this five months as being way better than you guys are imagining it. You're just like, oh, yeah, they're just playing and having handy. And I'm like, no, they're like in heaven, basically. No, I I think like it wasn't a it was literally just like the guys like here, you can live here and you can play and I won't make you go to school or anything. And you can have candy. Yeah. And they got to make their own fun. It wasn't a magical land. Yeah, it wasn't magical. It was just him being like, no school over here. You can just do whatever you want. And they did whatever they wanted. They gave him candy. Okay. Okay. Well, Becca, what do you think of all this nonsense? I don't know. I don't like, so if it's a cannon, the firing, the cannon, do we fire it? It means we're getting it out. I think we got to fire the cannon. That was crazy. I just, I don't, I think it was crazy. I think it was, was it entertaining perhaps, but was it like well written and well thought out? Like, no. No, I was reading this on my phone because like there's tons of free versions of it online. And I actually was getting like sick a little bit because I was just scrolling so fast. This is like a kindergarten reading level. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I kind of know what's happening. kind of know what's happening. And I was just like, my eyes are starting to hurt from like how fast I'm reading this. Like slow it down. I think as a child, I enjoyed parts of it, but I hated other parts of it. Like all the animal cruelty. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like animal cruelty. Also, I enjoyed other things more. Yeah. I just hate how everything is like sad and cries and like nobody helps them. And also the message is just you, everybody has to work hard no matter what. And you have to do everything your parents say, no matter what. Yeah, despite like you can't think for yourself or yeah, I don't think it was a good message. And there was a lot of loopholes. And I just think for something to be canon, I think it has to be like a wonderfully crafted story. And like there's so many good children's books that like are better and could be in the canon. Like, the Velveteen Rabbit is really cute. Yeah, that don't involve, like, a lot of murder. (laughs) I just never, I never really like a book where the message is, like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. The the adaptations, because sometimes we talk about how, like, well, the canon version, like, may not have been that great, but it inspired all this other stuff. But, like, the adaptations, I'm still, like, I don't know. Like, nothing about that made me ever think that oh, I don't want to lie because look what happens to Pinocchio when he lies. Like, this is probably a better, like, way to dissuade people from lying. <laughs> the The only part of Pinocchio that I think is, like, worth preserving forever is the theme of of a puppet wanting to be a real boy. But that's not really part of the book. Well, I guess maybe the themes of the adaptations, which I haven't really seen, are like, you can love something enough and make it become real by loving it, right? Yeah, that's the Velveteen, Velveteen Rabbit, Rabbit too. But, the, but Geppetto loves Pinocchio so much and is so lonely that he becomes also, real. But also at the beginning, he's like, I can't believe I made this puppet. I was an idiot for making this puppet. Well, the puppet was terrible to him, so he was right to feel that way. <laughs> I know. Yeah, in a world where Pinocchio had never been made, Geppetto would have just, like, lived in his house and been fine and didn't go through all of that horrible stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's worth it for a child. I don't know. It's 
the messaging is mixed up. The messages that I do get, like the main message I don't like and the the like undercurrent of, oh, what about someone longing to be real? Like, okay, yeah, that's cool, but that's not really explored in this book. But that is the thread that the adaptations latch on to. Because they realize that's the only good one. Yeah. So I'm firing it. Did Carlo Collodi have children? Because the other way you could read the story is that like you're supposed to not only listen to your parents and obey them totally but like you kind of exist to like take care of them at the end of their lives so that they can be hot and young and rich wait so did he get a new wig i guess is that when they said he had like because maybe he grew real hair wow because remember his blonde wig oh yeah maybe his real hair came back that's that's good memory he used to be cornmeal much yeah. i forgot that <laughs> i don't know that he had a wife or kids but he was Geppetto then. Yeah, so maybe it's funny that maybe he based both Pinocchio and Geppetto on himself, which is, that's an interesting thread as well. But anyway, I say fire it, whatever. Yeah, sorry. Collodi. This on authorscalendar.info, it says Collodi himself never had children and he felt that writing for children was not his true calling. No shit. <laughs> I mean, apparently it was. But it's not for kids. <laughs> it's really not. Yeah, it's not. Okay, so are we firing it or what? I'm firing it. I say no. I I vote to fire it. The Guardian has um, an article about Carlo Collodi and and Pinocchio, which says it's uh, imprinted in the soul of every Italian. Yikes. How do you feel about that, Jackie? (laughs) I I think I would rather not have a soul than have this imprinted. Whoa. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so fire it? Yeah, I'd fire it. Jackie? Yeah, I, I, I have to say fire it. It was... It was wacky. Yeah, I'm, I am happy that I read it again, though. I'm happy I read it again. If my kid wanted me to read it to them, I would, but I wouldn't want, like, I wouldn't go out of my way to do it. <laughs> you wouldn't, like, purchase it and be like, let's read this. Or yeah, I wouldn't it. be like, oh, I remember loving Pinocchio as a child. Let's read it together. But I might have it. And if they want to read it to themselves and be like, that's weird, then they're welcome to. Well, I feel like if, if they wanted to read it to wanted me to read it to them, I'd be like, it's not very good. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me let me read this. So also in The Guardian, Collodi wasn't the most cheerful of writers. And even after the success of Pinocchio, he hated being considered a children's author. He saw himself as an Italian Dickens or Shakespeare, and he wanted to write grand a grand important works for adults his frustration can clearly be seen he published pinocchio in installments and he tried to kill off the character many many times but he was so popular that quote he and the wooden boy were tied together for life he was forced to continue to write about it's like with winnie the pooh like every single freaking children's book we've read the author is like i hate kids i wish i wasn't a children's writer Oh, or even Goodnight Moon. Like she loved kids, but she was like, I don't want to write these silly little kid stories. I want to be like a grand adult author. And she never. never I can't wait till we read a book by a children's writer who's like, I like writing books for kids. Wait, was Diana Wynne Jones? I feel like she liked writing books for kids. She did, but we're not there yet. We'll read one of her books someday. But yeah, R.L. Stein seems to like it. He's not out here like, I want to be the American Shakespeare or whatever. I hate to say it, but I don't think that R.L. Stein in 200 years, people will be like, oh, those great classics of children's literature, goosebumps. I I honestly think there's a small chance. Also, I think, I think they're chance. not very well written. Sorry, R.L., you know they're not. He wrote like one a month. Yeah, well, Pinocchio. 
Look at Pinocchio. It lasted. Yeah, and it's not well written either. I think Pinocchio's better than Goosebumps. Whoa. What? Yeah. I don't think so. Wow. I disagree. All right. On that hot note, hot take, <laughs> let's <laughs> let us say farewell. Let's end this thing. All right. Mamma mia. Let's say goodbye, everyone. Arrivederci, principessa. I have been your host, Jackie. Whoa. All right. Bye, guys. I've been your host, Rachel. And Becca's been our... A guest or whatever I am. We'll see how it goes. A ghost. It's complicated. It's complicated. (laughs) We're going to make a relationship post on Facebook. Yeah, we'll see. It it depends how much Becca liked doing this and how much everyone else enjoys hearing Becca. It might become a regular thing. Wow. (laughs) I mean, if you don't like it, we won't force you to keep doing it, Becca. (laughs) With that... Um, we want to remind you that you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Fire the Cannon Pod. We have a website, firethecannonpod.com. Uh, we're going to update it soon to include our new staff members, can I call you guys? We also um, are on TikTok at Fire the Cannon Pod. And we have a Facebook group and page for announcements. I say this every time and I feel terrible that I, I keep meaning to like actually do more things with that. Uh, new Year, New Me. It's going to it's going to be fine. Check those out. And then you could also leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to support us um, monetarily, you can do so on Patreon.com slash Fire the Cannon. We are continuing to make new and fun and interesting things to put up there. Yep. And if if you enjoy the podcast, the Patreon is more important than ever because now we have to pay someone to edit our episodes. Thank you, Jacob. But that means... We need money to pay Jacob with, so. (laughs) And the podcast literally cannot continue without your love and support. And um, for those of you who do support us, we really, really, really thank you so much because, yeah, we're, we're, we're having a great time and that's all we want to do is just bring a great time to you guys. Mm -hmm. So, and also while we were talking, one of our patrons actually emailed us, Randy Moon. Mm, Moon man. We love hearing from Randy. Yep. He's got a question, so I'll respond to him. But anyway. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Yeah. Bye. See you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, I didn't like that. Delete that, Jacob, please. Say it again. Say it again, Becca. Let's all all say Arrivederci. One, two, three. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. (laughs) Bye-bye.